Welcome to this edition of Minding Your Business. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, and today we are pleased to have Lynn Maziello back with us. She's the president and CEO of LM Designs in Verona, New Jersey. Um, we had Lynn on the program back in January, and we were discussing social media and its use in business. And we had a number of questions that came in, but unfortunately we had run out of time. And so what we've done today is we've compiled all of the questions that came in during the show and questions that were asked after about the use of social media and its connection with business, um, primarily focused on the use of social media with small to mid-sized businesses. So we've asked Lynn to come back, and she's gracious, graciously accepted, and we're going to uh, have her answer some of your questions. Now, uh, if you would like to ask a question or comment on the discussion that's going on right now, please feel free to call into our switchboard. The call-in number is 347-855-8831. And just before we begin, I need to remind our audience that this broadcast is a service of the law offices of Peter J. Lamont and that none of the information provided on today's broadcast constitutes legal advice, nor does it create an attorney-client relationship. And all that being said, I'd like to welcome Lynn back to the program. Lynn, thank you for being on again. Good morning, Peter. Thank you. Lynn, before we start uh, answering the questions, can you remind everybody a little bit about you, your company, and uh, a way to get in touch with you? Certainly. Uh, my name is Lynn Massiello. My company is LM Designs. I'm a certified kitchen and bath designer. I specialize in project management and renovations for high-end kitchens and bathrooms. I'm also an interior designer, and I have a website, which is LM Designs. LLC, or um, yeah, dot com. It's my company name, and my number to be reached directly is nine seven three eight five seven one five six one. All right, thank you, Lynn. All right, let's get right into the questions. Sure. All right, now some of these questions, um, they're very easy to answer from somebody that's very familiar with social media. But it seems from the information that we've gathered from our listeners that there's a lot of confusion uh, with respect to how to successfully utilize social media. If you're a small business, if you're a mid-sized business, I think the larger businesses, they seem to take care of themselves. They, they really are at the forefront of promoting their business and services through social media. But what I found from the questions that came in is that a lot of people are confused as to exactly what it is, why it's beneficial, and how to best utilize it. Um, and a lot of people are wondering if, if it's even worth it. So let's start with the first question. The first question is, how many social media sites do I really need to be on? Well, I think it depends upon your business and how many people you want to reach and how much time you have to connect. You know, and, and also it's important to ascertain which of those social media outlets are going to be most beneficial to you and if they serve a certain segment of the industry. For example, LinkedIn is a, a wonderful business um, social media site, and you can also link LinkedIn to Twitter. You can cross-reference many of these different types of social media so that when you post something in one location, it will automatically spread to all of your other social media. And the way I learned about that, quite honestly, was by working with a web designer. And my web designer is very savvy about these things. 
Um, she educated me on a, a very broad range of things that I really wasn't that knowledgeable about at the time. So it's that's one thing that's worth it for a small business to do. Have somebody that can educate you. Have someone on your side who is more savvy than you are, who knows more than you do. So I've connected all of my social media. If you go onto my website, you'll see there are all different social media uh, radio buttons, and my blog will connect to all of those things. Yeah, I think that that's you know um, an important point that you make that you can use either the services of an outside you know company or individual, or there are websites such as um, Hootsuite and uh, similar sites where you can have multiple social media pages, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, LinkedIn. Those are, are really the largest and most active. You can post one thing and have it reach your entire network. Um, this ties into to one of the other questions, which is, you know, how can I manage content on more than one platform? Well, that's so. it right there. We already answered that question, and yes, that it's a great. If 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 there were just one person asking that question, the ability to do this wouldn't exist. So this is obviously something that everyone is concerned with. You don't want to have to be constantly occupied with linking to every social media outlet that you have. It's much more efficient to be able to do it once and have it spread like a web. Now, I think that people are concerned um, with oversaturation at some point because you're going to have a Facebook page, a Twitter page, uh, and I think that it's important to kind of point out that there are different users, different types of people using different sites. So while everybody might be familiar with Twitter and Facebook, I, I think in my experience, and, and Lynn, I'm curious to see what you have to say, people that use Facebook are looking for a different experience than somebody that uses Twitter where the whole premise of it is a, a short, you know, really like a text message. Mm. You know, do you find that there are different, different type of people associated with different social media sites? On the whole, for my industry, which is the design and construction industry, no. Um, I feel that everything is so broad-reaching these days that it really is a crossover because people are the, – the line between your personal and your business social media is blurred. And if you're on Facebook, you may be chatting with friends. You may be seeing what's going on in, in your friends' lives, but you know you may also be interested in – Who's renovating their bathroom? Oh, you're working with LM Designs. Now I can link to their page, and now we have viral content. Now all of my blog information on my Facebook page for my business has gone viral because people are chatting with their friends. So I think there's um, a very important bridge. There is a crossover between all of these sites. So I don't know if there's anyone that's specifically geared to any one industry. Not yet, at least. Right. Now, just to touch on something, because you know a lot of the people that are, are listening to this program, they're they're struggling with with social media. So I want to just touch on something you said viral. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not talking about the zombie apocalypse. We're no. talking about the spread of your message through the internet. So that's right. Let's take a, a, a step back in time when people were sending out uh, brochures and pamphlets and flyers to their their potential customers. 
they'd essentially purchase a, a list of clients. Right. And then they would they would solicit that way. That letter, when it got to Mary's doorstep, she'd either read it and throw it out or read it and stick it in the drawer. But the likelihood that Mary was going to take that letter, copy it, and then send it to all her friends is slim to none. Exactly. Now, viral in the sense of social media refers to the fact that with one click of a button, you can share somebody's content and it can spread very rapidly. This is, you know, for example, uh, videos on YouTube. Now, a lot of the videos on YouTube are, are just for fun, but you can see how a baby doing a dance, you know, people view it and then they send it to their, their friends. And then before you know it, millions of people have seen this one video clip. And that's, that's what right. you're referring to. Yes, absolutely. It's the same thing with your your blog, your Twitter, anything that you say. So, the, you know, the other half of this, the flip side is make sure that whatever goes viral is not is something that you want to go viral. <laughs> and so, there's no way of telling what's going to be a hit really and what's not. Well, it, actually there is. You can track it. There's no exact science to this, but if you are very conscientious about your business and about what content is the most popular with your audience? There are ways of tracking that on Facebook, on Google Analytics. You can take a look. You can see a graph that will actually show you where your traffic is coming from, which hits you're getting the most of on which type of subject. So you can track it. And as I said, it's not an exact science, but if you know your business and you know your brand and you're tracking the people that are looking at what you're posting – you can pretty much gauge what people are most interested in and what they have no interest in at all. So you're able to adjust your message by seeing what posts are you know, getting larger hits as opposed to you know, those that don't get anything. That's correct. In fact, when I put a link to our last interview on Blog Talk Radio, I had a huge amount of people going to that site, listening to the interview, going to my website. I had a, a very um, significant increase in people that were linking to my brand. So that so media media um, media is very interesting to people. If they can hear an interview, obviously that's very appealing to people. And that's that's again, you know, you, you demonstrated the spread, the viral nature of social media. So, you know, it, it is very important that people understand that the idea behind it is to try to reach as many people to get your message across, whether it's a message about donations to a charity or a new product or service that you're offering. The idea is to make it appeal to a particular audience and then tracking it. You mentioned Google Analytics and you mentioned Facebook. These aren't complicated things to do. You don't need to have some sort of large technical background in computers to click on the Facebook, you know, report button and find out where the hits are coming from and who's listening. That's correct. It's very user-friendly, and it's intended to be. Now, we pretty much answered this, this next question, but it's worth just, um, you know, confirming it. People want to know what's the, the best site for business, and we responded by saying, you know, it really depends on your industry. But the next question is, if I only want to do one form of social media, and they were referring to LinkedIn, Google+, Twitter, and Facebook, which one would you pick based upon your personal experience 
So, Lynn, what's your personal experience? Do you have one site that you've gotten more results or is more user-friendly than others? Well, I I think we have to go back to an earlier question, which was, are any of these industry-specific? Now, for my company, there is a website and there is some social media that is industry-specific, and that's house, H-O-U-Z-Z dot com. That is for the interior design community and for people and clients. Clients and designers, they can share portfolios with each other. They can share updates on interior design and get advice. For me, that's been one of the best ones. And, and that's you know, interesting because that is a social media site that, that really is designed only for your industry. That's and, correct. And for people who are looking to hire you. And that's I think right. that what we've seen is a trend in the, the general social media sites that everybody's familiar with. But there are other sites out there that are really sort of gearing themselves towards specific industries. There are uh, legal sites out there for people that are interested in hiring a bankruptcy lawyer or you know a specific type of lawyer. There's doctor's sites. So I think that we're probably going to see a trend where there are more of these micro uh, sites set up so that you really do have the uh, opportunity to reach a particular audience. I think that you're right, and I think one of the best things to do is to ask your colleagues. Um, for example, I'm a member of the National Kitchen and Bath Association, and my North Jersey chapter is full of people that are very uh, technologically savvy. They, if you know, we can have discussions about what type of social media they prefer and what success they've had, what their success rate has been. So if you belong to an organization within your industry, talk to your colleagues about what they use and see what they prefer and what their experience has been like. And that's a a great place to start. Yeah, I I think that the idea behind social media is daunting um, to some when you're first starting out. And and the idea of speaking to people that are doing it and seeing what works, really why recreate the wheel when you can just go and, ask your colleagues and and get some advice from them as to what works. They've already been through the trial and error, and if they're kind enough to share some of that information with you, I think it'll help you on your way. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right, and I like what you said about reinventing the wheel. I mean, as small business owners, we're doing that every day. We're always trying to find new ways to make our businesses more efficient and how to make things easier and and, uh, more pleasant for our clients. So the last thing you want to have to do when you're trying to promote your company is to reinvent that as well. So it's nice to have those things in place. They're out there. They're very user-friendly. And they're, they're really not that difficult to find out about, learn about, or use. Just, you just have to take a little time, do a little bit of research, and see what's best for you. I agree. Uh, now, this is an interesting one. Uh, here's an individual who has been using Facebook for her business for eight months and can't get anybody to follow her on Facebook. And her question is, how can I build followers? So... You know, with Facebook, you are inviting people into uh, the the things that go on in your business's life. And there's a couple ways of doing it. There's a a fan-based page where you essentially have a a business page. That's correct. It's a little bit different than the page that you might have for, for Aunt Mary to look at. You're right. So I think one of the first things this person needs to to 
um, ascertain is whether or not they've created a fan page for, the, for their profession, or is it a personal page? It's kind of a difficult to figure that out on Facebook sometimes. You have to be very certain that you're doing it properly. And there really, to be quite honest, there isn't a human being on the end of a telephone that you can call to ask those questions to. On right. Facebook, you're pretty much on your own. Um, so that's number one. And if they do have a professional page or a fan page, how often are they posting content? Yeah, well, that's that's another question. Uh, you know, how often do I have to post content? And, you know, there are people that say you've got to post content every single day. There are mm-hmm. people that say three times a week. Um, I personally don't know that there's a right answer to this question. I think it also depends on your industry. What do you think? No, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I tend to be on the conservative side when it comes to that. I don't like to be invasive. I don't like to overwhelm people. I want people to look forward to my next post. I don't want them to dread getting one every hour on the hour um, or every single day for that matter. I don't think that my industry is such that people need a daily update. I think anywhere from one to three times per week is sufficient unless something new and unusual has happened or I have something that's intriguing that I can add to the conversation. But again, it, it does pertain to your individual industry. Right. So, for example, somebody in, in the services industry, which is essentially what your business is, you, you're providing a service as opposed to really a, a product, per se. You're going to have different requirements and needs than, let's say, somebody that opens up an ice cream uh, you know, shop, where you might be posting every single day, today's flavor of the, of the day is, you know, walnut, and here's a coupon, that's going to be different than what somebody in the services industry is going to do. Yes, and you know, something like an ice cream shop is also seasonal. So when you hit your busy season, you want to make sure that you are bringing in as many people as you possibly can every single day. So if I owned an ice cream shop, which would be very dangerous for me, (laughs) but if I did, I would be sending out something more than once a day. And I'd be offering people deals and discounts and getting them excited and and offering things for to bring their family in and special flavors. I mean, it would be so much fun. So, right. you know, and during your busy season, you want to make sure that you capitalize on that. Because in, in December, you know, you're, you're going to have a lot less people interested in ice cream. Right. So, so really, it, it really depends on what your specific business is. If you're a services business, you don't want to drive people away by being in, invasive, like you said. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's that's going to depend. Now, getting back to the question, though, as far as how can we develop followers, mm-hmm. I think that there's a couple things that can be done, and I want to get your take on it. Obviously, there are the click to uh, pay-to-click ads that are offered on Facebook and Twitter and some of the other social media sites. And essentially how these work, you set a budget, whether it's a daily or monthly budget, and you put an ad up, and uh, based upon how much you're going to pay for a click, that'll generate a number of impressions or times that your ad is going to be on the page. That's correct. And Go ahead, Peter. And then when somebody clicks on that, you're going to pay per click, whatever you bid for that click. That's right. So if you're at a point where you're trying to build an audience and you don't have a lot of people following you and you're finding it frustrating, then it may be worth sitting down, putting together a budget, and deciding 
all right, how much is it worth it for me to spend this month to get as many people on my Facebook page as possible, if that's what you're looking for? Determine what that amount is and determine where you want to go to find that traffic. So, as you said, um, there's also Google AdWords. You can create a search engine optimization package. All different ways for people to find you, and if you're willing to pay for it and you have a dollar amount that you've set aside, work on driving people to your website, even if you have to advertise for it. Yeah, and the nice thing about something like uh, the Facebook ads is that you can select the geographic area that you're trying to target. So you're not necessarily putting an ad out there that's going to reach somebody in Alaska. If you're an ice cream shop in New York, you don't really care if anybody from Alaska knows that you're there. So You're you can, absolutely right, yeah. yeah you, you can, can limit the ad. You can do that, and you can drive traffic from certain geographic areas on Facebook. You can do the same thing on Google AdWords. You right. can target a certain area. I, for example, I want the tri-state area. I would love to go to California if someone wants to fly me there to design their kitchen. But, you know, in reality, that's not going to happen too often unless I have a referral or I have an established client. So I want to target the tri-state area. I don't want to have to pay for clicks that come from Alaska, for example. Right. But, you know, I think the one thing that you do have to be aware of is that you have to keep track of it because you could very easily spend five or six hundred dollars in a month and not even really realize all the money that's going out the door just on one of these these um, you know click campaigns. You're absolutely right, and there are also certain algorithms in place that sometimes block your ability to get followers. I had a particular website that um, pushed very hard for me to buy advertising. And then I realized they were filtering out my clients and weren't, they were not allowing them to post positive reviews on my site. And it had something to do with an algorithm that they had no control over. So I found that that was not a user-friendly site. I'm still on that site, but I'm not going to invest any money in it. Right. But that, that was an exception. I have not found that with any other form of social media that I'm involved with, just that one particular one. So somebody getting, you know, their feet wet with this advertising, I would suggest that they probably start slow. What do you think about that? No, I think that's wise. Uh, find your, you know, find your rhythm. Um, before you invest too much money, you know, get your feet wet, find your rhythm, find what works for you, and then you can grow from there. Right. Now, let's talk about some other ways that, that this particular person could develop followers. So there's the, the click ads that you've got to pay for, but if you don't have that budget, um, there are other things you can do. I mean, just sending out uh, a pamphlet or a brochure if, you, if you're if you using that and including check us out on Facebook or something like that that lets people know, hey, we've got a Facebook page. Yeah, you can do that. You can, al you can also... Um you know, put a little bit, bit of bait in there for people. Like us on Facebook, and you'll get a coupon for right. a dollar off of your ice cream cone. Right. Now, your your website, um, it's got the links to all the social media, um, you know, applications. So when somebody goes to your website, they see it right off the bat. Hey, look, she's on Facebook, she's on this. And then from your site, they can like you on Facebook, they can follow you on Twitter. And so that's something that everyone should be doing, putting these links on your site. I agree. They definitely should. It's not that hard to do. 
It doesn't cost any more to do it, and you're getting instant publicity. Now, do you do anything um, outside of the click ads or on your face on your website page to try to get and attract followers? Is there anything that you do in particular? Um, well, I know I've mentioned several times that I'm a, I'm a member of the National Kitchen and Bath Association, and that's a national organization affiliated with my industry very specifically. So that is something that is highly valuable. Um, they do national advertising, and if anyone is interested in doing a kitchen or bathroom renovation, if they were to go on the National Kitchen and Bath Association's website, they can look me up by my zip code. So if they live in my area, they put in Montclair, New Jersey, for example, 07042, 07043, they will find me under Kitchen and Bath Designers. So That's being it. involved, I'm sorry, go oh, ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Being involved with an organization that is affiliated with your industry is very important, very important, because it's, you'll have colleagues, you'll have networking opportunities, and you'll also have advertising opportunities and, and um, publicity opportunities. Yeah, and that's very important. It is. All right, so let's move on to uh, a different type of question. Uh, this one is common, believe it or not. What if I have nothing to say? <laughs> so, I don't believe that. Everyone has something to say. <laughs> well, let's tie this into to another question. Now, this this question came in from a physician's office, and the question that the physician's office asked was, "We're we're 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 doctor. How do we utilize social media um, to attract awareness of our practice?" There's a separate question that that deals with HIPAA compliance and regulations with social media, but let's put that aside for a second. Let's talk about how a doctor's office, service-based, just like, you know, you, me, um, an accountant, an architect, how can they utilize social media, and what sort of content would somebody like a doctor be posting? I think that's a great question because especially if someone says, I have nothing to say, my business is so ordinary, there's so many doctors out there, I'm making an assumption here. Mm -hmm. I think the best advice I could give someone like that would be, if you are so ubiquitous, then what sets you apart from everyone else? There has to be something that you think is unique about your company. If you are one of thousands of doctors on your block, there has to be something that makes you unique, that sets you apart, that would make people want to come to you instead of the physician next door. So what is your specialty? What sets you apart from everyone else? And that's definitely something to talk about. Everyone has something to say, especially when they're talking about their own business. You know, I think that you have to, at some level, try to connect with the people that are going to be viewing your social media pages. Um, you know, another question that ties into this topic is, is it okay to cut and paste content from another source? No. Right. Now, I think that, you know, people think to themselves, I've got nothing to say today. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a restoration company. What am I going to talk about today? Um, I'll just copy and paste an article that somebody else has written and put it into my Facebook or, or Twitter uh, page. That's not good, and you reacted strongly to that. What is your your take on that. I think people should follow common sense at all times. Follow your gut, follow your natural instincts, 
and follow the golden rule, which is if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And that also pertains to if you don't have anything to say, period. All right, then don't say anything. Don't steal from another person's website. And don't, don't take someone else's hard work and use it as your own. You know, we learned very, on, very early on in school that you don't do that. And you don't paraphrase either. If you want to give credit to someone else and you want to share someone else's idea, speak to that person and see if there's a way the two of you can get on board doing it together. And you might help each other's business in the long run by doing that. Yeah, I think that's a very important issue to touch on because you'll see sometimes at the bottom of a particular post, especially something that, that's more um, of a larger entity publishing material online, while it's easy to copy and paste something, it you still have to be um, aware of the copyright laws because yeah. it's very easy online to infringe on somebody's copyright uh, and, and you think nothing of it, even to the extent that if you were to copy an article from somebody and attribute the article to the person that wrote it, so you're not taking credit for it, but you are just copy and pasting their article, depending upon the terms and conditions of that particular site, you could still be violating their copyright. That's you know, true. That's something that you've got to, I think what you said was very, very true. If you want to use something, you should either contact the person and see if they'll give you permission to use it, or see if you can work on some sort of a joint publication together. Yeah. But I think that when, when you you said, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it, I think that in this contact, uh, context, when you don't have content to post, don't post somebody else's content just to keep your Twitter feed flowing or to keep information on your Facebook page, because that could yeah. come back to hurt you in the long run. You're absolutely right, and it takes away from, from the uniqueness of what you have to say. So if here we go back to how frequently should we put content on social media. If you don't have something to say, and you are constantly making up for that by um, putting someone else's content, then it's almost like crying wolf. People are going to open up your information, and they're going to say, oh, gosh, well, she's, she's quoting so-and-so again. You know, why bother? Try to be unique and, and really try to avoid doing that. Yeah, I, I don't think that as far as the spread of your message, that copying somebody else's content and putting it on the site is going to be beneficial because it's not going to generate any interest in you. I, I, don't, uh, I don't see that as being true. Exactly. Okay. Um, here's another question. Is the purpose of social media only to drive traffic to my website? What do you no. think? No. Uh, no, I don't think that's the only purpose. I think the, the purpose of social media is to uh, get your name out there, let people see who you are, and become a familiar face. You want to create a dialogue with your audience. You want to talk to people as if you were talking to one of your friends. So you're making friends. You're not always going to drive traffic to your website, but down the road, if someone says, hmm, well, I really want a certain shade of paint, who would I go to that really knows a lot about paint? Oh, I saw so-and-so not too long ago um, being interviewed or posting something on Twitter. Maybe that person is someone I should go back to. I remember who they are now. 
getting your face yeah. out there and making friends with people. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is about making friends. I mean, it is. It, it's media, but it's social media, and the idea right. is to engage your audience, not just force feed them content that you want them to see. Yeah, because that's going to repel your audience. Right. <laughs> you want it to be enjoyable. You want it to be fun. You want people to look forward to talking to you. Now, going back to the doctor's question, um, you know, he, he's in the medical field, and, and maybe he doesn't want to have something fun posted on the site, but we're not necessarily talking about, you know, doctor jokes posted on his site, but he could certainly post content onto social media that talks about his practice, but then ask questions, too, of, of you know, his, his followers. What do you think about this? And have you ever had this happen? And that sort of thing where he engages his audience. Um, I'm going to go back to the first thing you said about telling a joke, telling a doctor joke. Right. Why not? Why not tell a doctor joke? You're a doctor. People are afraid of going to the doctor. Why not tell a doctor joke, engage people, get their interest, really make them laugh, and then create a dialogue because now you've broken the ice. You have told people that you've got a good sense of humor. You know how to take yourself lightly. Okay, let's get serious now. I don't want you to be afraid to come here. So I think that's actually a good approach for a doctor to use. Yeah, and it's funny because so many professionals feel as though that's taboo to do anything that would show their personality. They Uh, only, you know, they want to show what they know and they want to show information, but to show you your personality. And it's funny because when you actually go into the doctor, and if you have a good doctor, there's something that you can talk to that's personable and you do have a relationship with them. Not that you're going bowling with them, but you, you're able to talk to them one-on-one. So why not take that same approach and convert it to a social media outlet? I agree with you. I agree with you. And it should be industry-specific. It should never right. be inappropriate. So that's, you know, that's, that's key, though, the inappropriate, because I think sometimes people will take it too far. Yeah. You know, If they think it's funny, that doesn't mean everyone's going to think it's funny. Well, most doctors have a staff. They have a... Um, they have a, um, an office manager. They have somebody who is in charge of things. There are plenty of people for them to speak to. Plenty if of people for them to offend first before they actually put it out on social media. That's true, so be <laughs> careful. Be very, very careful. If something doesn't resonate with you, if you don't feel that it, it really is something you would say and you don't feel that it's appropriate for your business, then by all means, follow your gut and don't do it. Right, but don't also, like you said, I mean, don't um, stifle that that creative element, that uh, that personal, um, you know, attitude. You know, let it let it come out, but within reason. Just got to be, you know, common sense. That's really all it is. Yes, I agree. You don't want to get too personal either. You want to keep right. things friendly, but you don't want to get too personal because we are talking about business here. So while we all want to have a good bedside manner, we also don't want to be invasive. Now, that, that leads us right into the next question, which is, um, do I need to have a personal page and a business page, or can I mix the two? I would never mix the two. No. Now, most people are going to have a personal let, – let's just talk Facebook for a second. Most people are going to have a personal Facebook page, yes. and they're going to connect to their family and friends. And then they are going to have a business page. And the business page, in your opinion, and I agree with you, you should not have the business page 
part of your personal page. Right. And for those people that have said, well, wait a minute, why not? What if I want my friends to know about my business so that they'll push the message on to their friends? Invite your friends to like your business page. Exactly. That was I was going to say that, Peter. It's a very easy way to address this. Um, have your friends like your page. On your personal page, put links to your professional page for people to enjoy. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of really terrific clients that I, I sincerely enjoy talking with. And every once in a while, one of them will ask to link with me on Facebook, and I direct them to my professional page. And chances are they also have a professional page, so we will be each other's fans. And that's a great way to interact with your clients in a professional manner on Facebook. You do not have to have, your, have them be your friends on your personal Facebook page. And there's really nothing wrong with explaining that to people. Most professionals understand that completely. Yeah, I think that um, with certain industries, especially the medical profession, there are HIPAA laws that you need to comply with. So you certainly would not want to have a page that might have you drinking beer at a party, uh, you know, photographs of that sort of thing, mixed in where somebody might be looking to see what your business can do for them. You know, beyond the impact that it could have for your reputation, there's there's laws that might prohibit you from disclosing certain information on social media. So that's, that's true. To be careful with, um, you know. But I, I think that this could lead all the way into a, a discussion about social media policies and in, in, in companies, and maybe we can get to that another time. But I think common sense. You need to have a personal page and a business page. And if you have photographs of yourself, you know, in a bikini on Tahiti, uh, on your personal page, that does not necessarily need to go on your business page, unless you sell bikinis. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so. But yes, I, I completely agree with you. Your personal life should be separate from your professional life on Facebook and in your business. So conduct yourself. Here, this is very good. Now, now we're getting into a different subject, but it's it's in the same line here. Um, ad- address your presence in social media the way you conduct yourself in your business. Yeah, if you wouldn't go to work in a bikini and try to sell kitchens right. on, on social media. Right, now, exactly. We only have uh, a few minutes left, and I want to get to this one question I think is, is relatively important. The question is, how do I respond to somebody who openly criticizes me or my business on social media? Now, it's easy for somebody to criticize somebody because you can comment on a post. So I, I doubt that you've ever had this happen to you, you know, knowing your business. But um, there are plenty of people who will put a post out there, and you'll get somebody that comments in a derogatory manner. What, what would you advise that they do about that? Um, I think you need to first ascertain whether or not it's legitimate and not just somebody trying to bring down the rating of your company. There are ways to filter out comments. Um, you can be the administrator of all of your social media and not allow people to respond without your approval. So, yeah, that is that can be tricky, and you have to try to step back emotionally um, and not react uh, in a negative manner, keep your head cool, use common sense, 
And you may even be able to turn a negative comment around to your benefit. So I think the very first yeah. thing you should do is count to ten. <laughs> count to yep. ten, don't see red, don't get upset, and then do something about it. And if it's abusive and inappropriate, get rid of the comment if you can, or address it in a professional, um, polite manner. Yeah, most social media sites, aside from the ability to block certain content and comments and to delete comments, uh, there also is uh, a basic reporting function where if somebody is engaging in abusive conduct or offensive language, you can flag that post and uh, hopefully the company uh, will deal with it at some point to give you some relief. I, I think that your point is, is uh, very, very good that you can turn around a negative comment. I think it all depends on the type of the comment. If you have a customer or a client who is dissatisfied with something and they post a, a, a negative comment, you can probably turn that around the same way that somebody that comes into your showroom and says, listen, I'm upset with you because of this. And, and you know, you can offer them something to make them feel better. Those comments are something you can attempt to remedy. I think the comments that are just mean and spiteful, and you'll find them because there's a lot of uh, you know ability to hide behind the internet. So you'll see these posts, and um, you know those you just have to ignore and, and you know be yeah. a duck and let it let it bounce off of you because there's not much you can do unless you prevent comments on your site altogether or you moderate them before the comments are posted. I agree. I agree. I think people there are people out there who will hide behind the Internet and the anonymity that it provides. And if someone's being inappropriate, other people see that. There's no point to even, there's no reason to even acknowledge uh, any type of abusive uh, behavior. And most websites have spam filters. Mine does. I was getting bombarded by advertising and spam. Um, you know, I, I had to have a filter put on my blog because of that. But there are still a lot of legitimate comments that come through, most of them very positive. And I think if a client were to have a problem, not just in my industry, uh, in any industry, they should be speaking directly to the business owner, not putting something on their social media. Right. Right. And, you know, it's it's something that, that you know, is worth noting, but... There are a lot of consumer-friendly or pro-consumer websites where consumers can go on and post gripes and negative comments about your business. There's complaint board. There's uh, pissed consumer. And, and these type sites, they allow people to come in you know, relatively anonymously and post things about your business. And for those people... That, that are going to engage in that sort of conduct. I think that as a business owner, you know, you have to let that stuff roll off your back because there's not anything you can do about it. You can attempt to respond, but I think you, you have to just put it in its perspective and, and realize, look at the kind of person that's posting about my business. It's not even worth, like you said, a response. Yeah, I agree with you. And a good way to stay on top of all of this is to do little searches on your company and your brand. See what's going on um, beyond your office that you may or may not know about. And if there's some negativity out there, you know, the, again, I'll go back to an old saying, the best revenge is living a good life. <laughs> Be a good person. Yeah. Make your company a success. And if there are people that want to see you fail, well, you know something, you know, that's their issue. Yeah, absolutely. But I, 
Yeah, but I think that that is, um, I don't think that's something that too many of us really have to deal with. And, you know, if it does become damaging, then they should go to you, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll take care of that for them, yes. I know that I would. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. All right, Lynn, we are almost out of time. I want to thank you for being on the show again today and for coming back and for answering these questions. I think it was very, very helpful. I think that we got through the majority of the questions, and I think that uh, you know we've provided some information for our listeners. If uh, any of our listeners would like to get more information about today's topic or if you have any suggestions for future programs, please give us a call at 973-949-3770 or toll-free at 855-NJ-LAW-01. You can also email us at mybradio at peterlamontesq.com. Lynn, uh, thank you again. And uh, if we need to bring you back to talk about social media policy, would you be up that? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today, Peter. It was a pleasure. All right, Lynn, thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Terrific. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.